Greetings, welcome, bienvenidos, hola, aloha, ni hao, namaste, konnichiwa, bonjour, bonjourno, sawadikarup, guten tak, jawi viva, cat bang, half a day, jai janendra, salam, shalom, peace, now, go vegan, peace how, go vegan, from the Russiaphobic, new right, left coast of the Genetically mutated McNugget Pharmaceutical Vivisection Prison Killitary Industrial Corp. Poor nation in the cheese-covered post-constitutional uh, bankster, bankrupt, corruptocracy, mocracy, criminocracy, unchallenged by meteor, meteocracy, um, foodborne in the NSA, NRA, um, USA, home of Uncle Sam Manella, where they sure do eat a lot of dead animal body parts, and the Wall Street-backed corporate diet of death, disease, and destruction is shoved down your throat. This is Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. Welcome. <sighs> well, every day we learn more and more that really nothing is as it seems to be, right? Uh, the USA is more like the USCIA or, you know... The United Security State Republic. The United Security State Republic. That's what USSR. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> anyway, it's uh, it's really a CIA government right now, huh? Of the CIA, by the CIA, for the CIA. Um, you don't agree, huh? Then then what is it? Oh, it's a government. Of by and for the FBI. Uh, no, okay, a government of by and for the D DHS, the Department of Deutschland Security. Uh, no, then it's a government of by and for the NSA. Uh, NSA, no such agency. It denies that it, it exists, and uh, I guess it doesn't officially exist, right, Mr. Clapper? And I don't mean Dr. Clapper. That is, Dr. Clapper tells the truth we're talking about. Mr. Clapper, uh, our, uh, our wonderful uh, security security guru, I don't know. We, don't, we really don't know anything, do we? I mean, um, <laughs> until we're told by WikiLeaks... We really don't know anything, um, or we know the wrong thing, if we're hearing about it from MSNBCNN. Uh, if it tells us uh, that, you know, then, uh, you know, uh, then, we don't, then we know the wrong thing. The, the U.S. Uh, government, it's a total secret, isn't it? A total secret to the citizens, and uh, what... What do the citizens care anyway? They're so manipulated. They're out there eating pathogen-laden, fecal-covered 
rotting animal body parts, huh? and they pay for it. You know, they pay for them. Um, yeah, the CIA uh, can really brainwash you into anything. So, uh, in a sense, uh, at the moment, it, it seems that we see America dying, America in a coma. I think that uh, now uh, there's probably only one way to save it. Um, it's my usual solution. Somehow, we've got to get the CIA to go vegan. Yep. You would think that uh, as an intelligence agency, the uh, CIA agents would have the in intelligence already to go vegan. But there's also a lot of uh, counterintelligence out there, right? Um, first and foremost, CIA agents have to be, you know, into self-preservation, right? I mean, that, that, that would be important to them, right? You know, they, um, they want to put their odds uh, in their favor or on their side when it comes to a heart attack, a heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes. So, again, uh, you know, you would think they might know this and be vegan already. Um, you know, unless, uh, well, you know what it probably turns out to be, that Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden is the only thing that the CIA is not wiretapping, you know? So, or, I mean, surveilling. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, I don't. I, I love that attitude that people have had over the years in uh, surrendering civil liberties. You know, it's it, it's always, oh, but why should you worry if the CIA, FBI, DHS, NSA has every one of your phone calls, emails, Facebook posts, Twitter tweets? You're not doing anything wrong, right? You have nothing to hide. Uh, yeah, right. Until they plant it, until they somehow, you know, they, they somehow find that you uh, sent a Valentine's Day card to Vladimir Putin, didn't you? Or they somehow find child pornography videos on your laptop and receipts for plane trips aboard the Lolita Express, huh? Explain those, huh? You know, you haven't done anything wrong, huh? You, you have nothing to hide, until a plant-based CIA comes along. And now, I, I, I really don't want uh, a plant-based CIA. I, I want a vegan CIA. Um, there's a difference, you know. Um, as, as has been said by those closest to uh, the plant-based diet, uh, it does not necessarily exclude products derived from animals so but you know so a plant-based cia you know you know how they they get get around things with words right so no i want a vegan cia and then we're sure that uh, uh there there wouldn't be products uh derived from animals you know but we're going to have to figure out a way for the CIA to learn about being vegan. You know, I, I really think there's no way that the CIA 
could be listening to this radio show. And it, it's not because we installed some special encryption recommended by Julian Assange. It's just that, I mean, can you imagine the poor CIA agent assigned to listen to Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden? You know, why me, boss? Why me? What did I do to deserve this? Huh? You, 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 you're trying to turn me into some, some pale protein-deficient, animal-loving, climate-change activist? Uh, uh, please, boss. You, plus, you know, I got to listen to my, uh, you know, I got to listen to them, you know. I, I think my, 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 my girlfriend is cheating on me, I'm pretty sure, with the pizza guy, the pizza delivery guy. So I, I can't listen to Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden when I, uh, I have to listen to the, the, the Domino's, the, the Domino's, uh, you know, delivery line. Uh End quote. So anyway, uh, without the CIA listening to Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, it is just you and I, you and I, uh, you and I know that if you and I get the CIA, the CIA to go vegan, well, you know, for reasons including the self-preservation, which would be of interest to most agents, um, there's a good chance that It'll start thinking clearly again with improved blood flow to the brain. Uh, maybe CIA agents will calm down. You know, not not be so paranoid. You know, stop acting like there's you know there's a spy around every corner. Huh? And uh, maybe agents will become less violent, more compassionate, less prone to torture. Huh? I mean, uh, you are what you eat, and so. Uh, Eat tortured, you know, eat tortured animals, therefore engage in torturous behavior. Or uh, or what is that called? Uh, special rendition, special renditioning. You know, there's always, there's always a nice uh, spy word explanation for things, huh? Maybe a vegan CIA, you know, eating non-violent vegan food will be a less violent CIA. And and since the CIA is the, really, it is the government, and since the CIA loves wars, maybe the CIA uh, will want to eliminate participation in, in wars or, you know, uh, you know, stop creating the conditions for wars or at least, you know, start with a reducitarian war policy and maybe maybe limit us to five wars at a time. You know, that, that would be nice. We'll go on a war diet. Only five wars at a time and maybe, you know, five uh, government overthrows at a time. Huh? Could, we handle, could we handle that diet? Weight watchers for the CIA? You know... Um, if it can't, I mean, if if the if the CIA can't give up all the wars right away, overthrowing governments all you know right away, just you know basically cold tofurkey, maybe reducitarianism would be good for warfare, right? You know, um, but please, when you join me in the campaign to get the CIA to go vegan, and and once the CIA does go vegan, by the way, so I mean. The, I mean, the, the FBI, the NSA, and the Department of Deutschland Security will all fall in line behind the CIA because they'll think that the CIA knows something that they don't know. 
So um, it's uh, just, you know, we, uh, we, 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 we shouldn't try to convince the CLIA uh, to go vegan by telling it to go vegan, though, by, by saying it, you know, uh, maybe less violent or saying, you know, less warmongering, less torture. That may not be appealing. Huh? I mean, these are macho dudes, after all, um, who, who, you know, who, I don't know. Um, so instead, I think we have to convince these macho dudes uh, that they'll they'll be more effective in their work. Um, I mean, how does a macho dude with erectile dysfunction uh, get a promotion if part of his job is to seduce a foreign agent, huh? Um, and you know, get in get invited back by that foreign agent, perhaps. To, um, he didn't get all the information the first time, so you know erectile dysfunction could you know get get between them or maybe not get between them. So anyway, uh, certainly the agents you know for self preservation would want to go vegan. Uh, the the agent he I mean he'd want to go vegan to you know to get that promotion right. So um, and for overall effectiveness, well I mean um, just listen. I, I really, I, I really don't think that the the CIA is uh, living up to capacity right now. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's doing its work fully, um, as we hear in an assessment uh, at a at a Senate committee. This is the Republican senator from uh, North Carolina. I speak for most of the senators here that uh, share the same view. Uh, Director Clapper, I'm going to spend most of my time probably reflecting on some of the, the comments that you've made. Uh, the glass house comment is something I think is very important. Uh, there's been research done by a professor up at Carnegie Mellon that's, uh, that's, that's estimated that the United States has been involved in one way or another in 81 different elections since World War II. That doesn't include coups or regime changes. So uh, tangible evidence where we've tried to affect an outcome to our purpose. Uh, Russia's done it some 36 times. In fact, when Russia apparently was trying to influence our election, we had the Israelis accusing us of trying to influence their election. So I'm not here to talk about that, but I am here to say that we live in a big glass house and there are a lot Well, so, so the U.S. has only interfered in 81 elections? What's wrong with the CIA? Huh? Is there an energy problem, a stamina problem? Huh? There are. Uh, well, let's uh, let's let's Google. How many countries are there? Let's Google that. Do you think when the CIA wants to learn something, it it uses Google? I mean, is that probably makes those CIA agents' lives a lot easier than than in the past. You know? But uh, so uh, let's see. One hundred ninety-six countries in the world. 196 countries, and we've only influenced 81 elections? Come on, CIA. I mean, that's... What kind of batting average is that? That's... Uh, let me do the math. So, so uh, 81 elections, 196 countries. This will be long division to get to the percentage, and uh, I'm going to say that uh, that we've only affected the elections of about... 41% of the world's countries. So, you know, there, there's a, you know, 
big opportunity there for the for the CIA for for growth. Um, so what's the problem with stamina and and you know energy? We, so many more countries whose elections could be influenced, and you know I I don't know maybe if the CIA learns about climate change, um, you know there 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 are. There are 196 countries now there are island nations who are afraid that they're going to disappear under rising waters so we we have to save those nations because uh, if we lose them that would be those would be lost opportunities for cia subversion so you know let's let's be sensible here huh and uh it's it's the patriotic thing really for for the CIA to go vegan, uh, whatever the whatever is meant by patriotism <laughs> anymore, right? So anyway, I do hope that you will join me in this, the latest vegan activism from Go Vegan Radio. Um, this is our first real clandestine campaign, you know? Um, so, of course, we have to give it a code name. Um, and... Uh, no, I, I, I can't just name it something like, you know, Go Vegan CIA. You know, the, that's not the way it's done. There's always something like, you know, Operation Desert Storm. You know, we, we can't just say, hey, let's kill millions of uh, Iraqis and take their oil. You know, no, we, you know, it's something like Operation Desert Storm. So you can't, can't say directly what it is. Um, so... I uh, think oh, I did think of a name. What was what was the code name that I had in mind before? Um, oh yeah, so it's uh, you know to f u c i a. What do you think of that as a code name? Right, that's what I have scribbled here. I think it's a good idea to f u c i a. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading that wrong. That's tofu c i a. Okay, sorry, uh, tofu c i a. So. That that's that's what I have written here. Um, it's not really to f u c i a. It's tofu c i a. Um, and uh, yeah, because we we want to mock c i a, don't we? We want you know like tofu c i a. We get a tofu c i a. It's a mock c i a. So um, to get <laughs> to get this. Uh, Hey, I'm only responding to, you know, a world out of its mind. What do you, you expect something normal here from me when the whole world is out of its mind? I'm just trying to keep pace right here. So uh, to, get, to, to get all of this heard by the CIA, I mean, what has to happen is you have to be talking our talking points, huh? You know, going vegan helps, uh, you know, agents with self-preservation, right? We talked about heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes. Um, it, it can solve agents' erectile dysfunction problems, okay? So remember these talking points, okay? Uh, because you're going you're gonna to have to talk them up. Uh, it can make agents more effective overall and, and give them more endurance and stamina. Um, and uh, so... But we, we can't really call the CIA, you know? I mean, you, uh, you, you can't call Langley, Virginia, because, well, the CIA doesn't answer the phone because it's, it's afraid every phone call will be tapped. So we can't call the CIA. Uh, you need to be uh, talking these talking points. Basically, 
I would say, um, well, whenever you pass by your Samsung TV, if, uh, if the power is off and the power cord is out, uh, that would be a good time uh, to to talk up these talking points. Uh, you you can al- you also need to talk these talking points directly into your toaster oven. You know, open the oven door, uh, talk those talking points. Um, you, you need to be talking them around your PlayStation or Xbox, and also uh, directly at the hood of your car in your garage. So, um, or whenever you're on hold on your smartphone. Just you know, be be mentioning these talking points. You know, this way we are guaranteed that the CIA will tap into the intelligence of going vegan, and uh, who knows? Before long, maybe the CIA will be uh, smuggling yoga mats instead of arms around the world. Huh? So again, it's the uh, I think it's the only chance we have to save the country. Uh, really, the uh, CIA. Uh, you know, can I'm sure once you know, once once you know, the agents get get it all in their minds to go vegan. Uh, I'm sure the CIA can back going vegan because, again, it's the only way to save the planet from climate change, uh, and uh, again, uh, influencing only 81 countries' uh, elections uh, out of 196. Uh, gives us you know still a long way to go a long way to go and uh, we don't want to lose any countries um you know to uh, to rising waters um they're all they're all opportunities uh for uh, subversion and really that's 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 what we're uh, hey this is the us cia right okay um we will i promise we will make some sense on this program today well coming up next hour uh, Professor Gary Francione and Anna Charlton. So there. Um, so there. I promise you some sense this program. And we'll also be talking to uh, Jeff Palmer coming up on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. I told you I, uh, well, last week I pretty much gave a summary of my travels to the uh, Natural Products Expo in Anaheim. And uh, Jeff Palmer is with Clean Machine, and uh, he was he was making big news at the uh, Natural Products Expo. So we'll talk to him about what's going on with his amazing vegan product coming up on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. And you can support our program with a tax-deductible donation. Um, and uh, you can find the donate button. It's at GoVeganRadio.com. On Twitter, we are at Go Vegan Radio. Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. And again, for archives and to make the tax-deductible donation, go to GoVeganRadio.com.
We continue on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com, on Twitter at Go Vegan Radio, and Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. And uh, actually, I do believe we're creating a new group page. So uh, I'm told by uh, Jacob, our producer, that I've been doing Facebook all wrong. What's the idea of having just this fan page? I need a group page. Well, I... I don't think I've done Facebook correctly since, uh, you know, since it was, a, you know, a twinkle in uh, Zuckerberg's eye, uh, apparently. Uh, people have been helping me, helping me with Facebook over the years. I, I think I've been getting too much help. First, it was, okay, we, you know, get you a page on Facebook. Then I didn't know it was going to max out at 5,000 people. So uh, then people couldn't be my friend. It was... Over five thousand people. So, and of course, I need all the friends I can get. So, uh, it was suggested start a second Bob Linden page. So I did that. Then that maxed out at five thousand people. So I have two maxed out pages. And what am I supposed to do? Uh, I was told start a fan page. So I started a fan page. I was reluctant right from the start for that because it sounds so egomaniacal. Um, and so I think now there might be four or 5,000 people on that. Um, and then along with Twitter, uh, we have uh, 14,000 people there. And I think we'd like to consolidate, you know, I mean, the, the way things have been going, I have to do everything in triplicate. So now with the, the new group page, um, I'm sure it's going to work out that I have to do everything in quadruplicate. No, really, I'm just the way, just... Just the feeling I have, but we're, we're trying. We're, we're going to try to move everybody over to that um, and uh, and see what happens. So uh, I'm hearing from uh, Daisy, the star of the show. Of course, she was the star of the show at the Natural Products Expo. Uh, for anyone listening, I'm, I'm the guy who was with Daisy. You know, she was saying, oh, can I have a picture? Can I have a picture? Then I go I go to, you know, pose with people. And it's like, no, not you. I mean, picture of Daisy. So that's... You know, but uh, as uh, as as we discussed on last week's show, which I don't know if it's archived yet, but it, it will be any moment now. Um, I reviewed many of the great new vegan products uh, when I explored the Natural Products Expo in Anaheim a couple of weeks ago. So uh, it's always uh, great fun there, and you you see what's coming in the food industry. Um, in advance of, of what's in stores, you know, so, so over the years, it's been, uh, I, I go to the natural products expo and it's like, oh, here's a, a chia drink. Oh, chia. What? Oh, chia seed. That's interesting. Okay. Then you see chia everywhere, or, you know, pomegranate, what well, pomegranate, and then well, pomegranate becomes so popular and you see, oh, here, here now the hot item, goji berries. Nobody ever heard of goji berries. Now they're everywhere. Uh, ACI, uh, you know, so you see uh, in advance what, what's going to be hot. It was like, you know, some years back, kombucha, what's kombucha? You know, there was only G GT's kombucha there. And, you know, suddenly the world of kombucha explodes. And, uh, you know, so this year walking around, it seems like drinking vinegar uh, is, is the new trend. I know you don't generally think about drinking vinegar, but you'll see in the years to come, it'll be, oh, more, more drinking vinegar. And so also this year, there was really big news with the introduction of a new superfood. 
and uh, it's a, a vegan superfood. Um, and you you don't know about it until now. And uh, uh, center stage at the Natural Products Expo was Jeff Palmer uh, with uh, Clean Machine. And last year, I, I you you were the news last year too, Jeff. Uh, didn't you get the nexty last year? And uh, what what was that for the? Uh, uh, that for last year was uh, you were on the show talking about what was it the ahi flower was that am I yes, remembering correctly? That's correct. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. Yes, yeah. yeah, the ahi flower oil, um, clinically proven, four hundred percent more effective than flax, was uh, selected uh, by the team as uh, the best ingredient of the entire Expo West Natural Products Expo West show. It's quite a Quite an honor to receive well, the, the the best product at the Natural Products Expo with that of of all the I mean it's it's like you know three or four football football fields of booths and you know different products and for you to have the best product well um, I mean what what can you do to top that um, and then you came back this year and again you're center stage with what seems to be the biggest news so tell us what. Uh, what 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 you uh, showcased and uh, uh, brought to the, the world's awareness uh, there at the Natural Products Expo? You 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 received a lot of attention, Jeff Palmer with Clean Machine. How are you doing? <laughs> good. Thank thank you for having me on the show. It's good to be back. Uh, it's uh, great uh, running into you into a vegan pizza last year and striking up a conversation that turned into a nice friendship. And it's nice to be back. Uh, Spreading some more good news about um, yeah. oh, and, some and nice actually, I, I think you know, I say that the Natural Products Expo is my favorite weekend every year, and I, I have to go to it. It's really an excuse to to go to Vegan Pizza, which is this great restaurant a mile away. Um, it's actually in Garden Grove. It's a mile away from the Anaheim Convention Center, and there is no pizza like it. And I am so glad I live in Northern California and, and you know, I'm, I'm not close to vegan pizza, but anybody in Southern California, you, you need to head over there for the amazing pizza experience that it is. And uh, I, I did stop by for takeout this year a few times. I, I didn't see you there. I was running around with Daisy, but uh, yeah, so uh, vegan pizza is great. And uh, then we're at the Natural Products Expo. And what were you doing there again? Yes, we were we are the first company in the world to introduce a brand new plant. Uh, a new Lentine. plant? How, how can that yeah. be? Don't, don't plants go back to the beginning of time? This is okay. <laughs> it, 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 it's new to most people, and it's new to everyone as a consumable item. Um, uh, it actually was considered a weed. Uh, we've been trying to poison it and kill it for the last five decades, and somebody realized. Um, how nutrient dense this thing is! It's uh, incredible superfood, like no other superfood ever discovered. A new plant. <laughs> well, that's that's amazing. So, uh, so, so, what is this plant? Tell us, tell us about the plant. Yeah, lentine is uh, is the trademark name um, from Parabel. Uh, that is this water lentil. Uh, it, it gets its name from uh, looking kind of like a green lentil that floats on the surface of the water. Uh, it's not an algae. It's actually a true flowering plant, um, and it's a leafy plant that actually grows right on the surface of the water. Um, funny 
story, how it came about, it was actually a spirulina company uh, that was trying to grow spirulina, and this weed kept invading their spirulina uh, crops. And uh, they said, "Well, you know, what is this? Let's 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 test this thing and see what's, what what this thing is, because we can't get rid of it. Um, if it grows that easy, you know, let's take a look at it." And lo and behold, they found out it was the highest in essential amino acids, the highest in branch chain amino acids and the highest of nutrient density of any plant ever discovered. <laughs> They're like, well, the heck for the spirulina. Well, let's, <laughs> let, let, let's, let's feed the water lentils with, uh, with spirulina, huh? Or let the- yeah, there you go. <laughs> so just, just an incredible plant. Um, and uh, it's high in lutein, one of the highest sources of lutein. Um, it's actually just one serving of this plant will give you 40, over 40% of your total omega-3 for the entire day, um, 22% of your calcium, 35% of your iron, loaded with B vitamins, over 200% of your vitamin A. I mean, this thing is just loaded, 20% of your, 24% of your daily allowance of fiber. Uh, and it's, it's more digestible than, than hemp or pea or rice or any of the other proteins. It's even higher in branch chains than soy. Actually, this is the first plant ever to be comparable to whey in its muscle building capability. I've been vegan for 32 years, and there were two big things of nutrition that I really wanted to find in the plant kingdom. One was a replacement for fish oil because it's so destructive to the environment and, and the animals. And we found that with ahi flour, 400, clinically proven in humans, 400% more effective than flax, beating, uh, beating all of the other, um, um, uh, you know, plant-based omega-3 sources out there for its conversion to EPA. Incredible plant. Uh, won the next the award. So I had that in the bag, and I said, we've got to tackle this whey problem. The whey is the most consumed item, a $22 billion industry. It is the most consumed item among people who exercise. And I said, we've got to find a plant solution that is comparable to whey. There's got to be one out there. And I found it. Working with Parabell for over a year on this project to get this to market. And uh, thank, thank you to them for choosing us as the very first company in the world to present Lentine to the marketplace. Just incredible. So you're the first company to offer Lentine to the world, this uh, new superfood, and you're the one that's got it? I'm the guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, there you quite go. A, quite, a, quite an honor <laughs> to um, not only be the first uh, sports nutrition company in the world to introduce the world to ahi flower, but now, uh, and, and a final replacement for fish oil, but now I get to tackle whey protein too. Two of the biggest animal products in the fitness industry and we now have not only as good but even better plant products um, that are finally going to end the excuse to where do you get your protein and where do you get your omega-3s now you have a plant source that is not only as good but maybe better 
than their animal counterparts. So well, no Jeff Palmer for president here. Look at you solving. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, maybe I shouldn't wish that on anyone. But, uh, but you know, uh, hypothetically, Jeff Palmer for president. I mean, really, when you come right down to it, like you say, those are two, you know, two amazing accomplishments. First of all, a replacement for fish oil. You know, fish oil has been basically decimating the oceans, you know, depleting the yeah. oceans and, uh, yeah. you know, a, a regular source of, uh, you know, a daily daily requirement of heavy metals and mercury. I mean, you know, it's not, yeah. it's just, you know, it's kind of a filthy, I don't know, it's and not really proven um, to be heart healthy, you know, that I think the claims are right. that, it, that it's heart healthy. So, I mean, just in solving that and bringing... Um, bringing a product that can replace fish oil and, and provide the omegas, well, that wasn't enough, huh? You couldn't sit on your laurels <laughs> with that accomplishment. Then it's like whey, which, as you say, is a really big deal. You know, with with bodybuilders, they feel like you have to have whey, um, and yeah. uh, you know, it, it's. it's it's cancer for the health industry, right? I mean, it's like anybody taking Absolutely. whey, people need to know that the dairy protein is the number one carcinogen uh, to which Americans are exposed, and people take it as as a health food. And, and, and so, you know, what do they consider healthy about whey that you're replacing with uh, lentine? And by the way, lentine, I see, uh, you know, first I'm thinking, well, who are the... The clever people coming up with a name like this, you know, when I when I see the names of pharmaceuticals or cars, they, they seem interchangeable, and it's like, well, what, how did they come up with this? You know, the Elantra, <laughs> you know, is it a, is it a Hyundai or is it you know a pill? You know, but, uh, <laughs> but but lentine, I'm seeing a combination of lentil, as you're saying, it's a water lentil, so lentil plus protein gives us lentine. Okay, we're making sense here. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, and and the the branched-chain amino acids. So um, branched chains actually are what stimulate the muscle building process, the muscle protein synthesis. It's how we turn the protein that we eat into amino acids and back into the protein that becomes our body, um, whether it's muscle tissue or uh, enzymes, which are all proteins. Uh, even some hormones are made from amino acids. These are all made in the cells. So those branch chains actually accelerate that process. And that's what whey was high in. So now we have a plant that is comparable to whey in its branch chain content. But because it's also high in omega-3s and it's high in all these micronutrients that actually support that, I believe that science will bear out that lentine will actually even prove to be more anabolic, more muscle building than whey protein. For a plant to say that, no plant has ever said that, not even soy has come close to that. And now we have that plant. And, and the crazy thing is, this is a weed that's growing in ponds and lakes all over the United States, and we're killing it. <laughs> we're, we're spraying it and, and destroying it. And now finally someone has realized, wait a minute, this is the most nutritious plant we've ever discovered. This is higher nutrient density than kale or spinach or spirulina or even moringa, believe it or not. I mean, it's so dense with nutrients and it's digestible. It has a digestibility score comparable to whey. 
a lot of proteins don't digest quite as well. And that was a drawback. One, they weren't high enough in the essential amino acids and branch chains needed for muscle growth, but they weren't very digestible either. This tackles both of those. But that's the nutritional part of it. And if that weren't cool enough, this thing grows on water and 98% of the water is recycled. It is non-GMO, it is vegan, it is gluten-free, it is grain-free, it is cold extracted, and it's almost carbon neutral. It is the least impact on the environment of any food crop ever grown on this planet. Well, I'll I'll take a plate of it now, or or what would I take? What would I take? How how you know how how is this uh, product uh, being uh, packaged or sold, or how how do people get it? Is is it going into stores? Do people order it directly? Yeah, so great question. So the plant actually, just to start from the beginning, the plant is growing on water. It grows in these ponds. It actually reproduces itself every forty eight hours. So this can be harvested every other day. That's incredible. There's no plant that grows this fast and pumps out this much um, protein ever recorded. So this plant that grows and is slowing down this little, this little pathway that they've created. It goes right up on a ramp into a, a sterilization, just flash pasteurized, and then into a cold press, dried and cut and sheared, and within minutes, it goes from a living plant on the water to the powder that you can stir into a drink and have one of the most nutritious green drinks you've ever drank. Had. Just mm. incredible. Um, it'll, be, uh, it'll be combined for, um, for our product, Clean Green Protein, which explains exactly what it is. It's completely clean, non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, um, and it's clean for the environment, and it's green, obviously, one of the most nutrient-dense greens, actually the most nutrient-dense green we've ever uh, found, um, and, it's, and it's a protein source. Um, so incredible, 20 grams of protein, a single serving, and you get 40% of your omega-3s and all, all loaded with micronutrients. So it's a, it's a super green, a super protein, and a super omega all in one single plant. Well, I'm I'm hoping you're going to save a lot of cows with this, Jeff. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. The World Health Organization uh, just mentioned that this is the possible solution for global world hunger. Wherever they can create a waterbed, they can grow a sustainable, ecological, healthy plant um, that is actually considered now one of the world's most complete foods and grow it for practically nothing. The thing populates itself. You don't even need to plant it. It spores and, and keeps producing itself, and you can eat it every 48 hours. This plant can be grown anywhere in the world and feed people and decentralize the thing. So you're going to be seeing this plant used in everything from cereals to cookies to crackers to breads. It's going to be everywhere because it's so nutrient-dense. It's so easy to farm. It's aqua-farmed. Uh, and it's native. It's grown right here in Florida, um, sunny Florida, and it can be decentralized. It can be grown in almost every state. So just an incredible uh, breakthrough for both vegans, anybody trying to go plant-based is now an incredible option that gives them nutrients, um, omegas, and their protein all in a single plant source that is the least environmental impact of any crop on the planet.
just a real win-win for anybody trying to do better in their diet and do better for the planet and for the animals all at once. Quite, quite, quite amazing, I would say. So, and, and this is the water lentil. Does it have another name or do we just know it as the water lentil or? It does. Uh, you know, some people call it duckweed, <laughs> uh, yeah. which is funny because the ducks eat it. Well, it seems like the ducks are a little bit more intelligent because they've been, they've been eating this stuff ever since. Like the <laughs> birds eat it, the fish eat it, the alligators are eating it. Everybody is eating it except the human beings. We we're just spraying it and killing it because we thought it was a weed. Mm. Um, you know, you, you're, they're even looking at it as, as a super um, fertilizer. You can, try, you can pull this stuff off the water and feed it to plants, and the plants will grow like crazy. Well, no, God, just like we will on this stuff. <laughs> wow. So it's, uh, it, it's quite amazing. And uh, really, I've, my hope is that it puts a dent into the, into the whey market, you know, that, uh, that people will go, you know, no way. Um, I mean, it's, it's, as you said, it's just a, a huge market. Um, the cows suffer for it. You know, it's another yep. product of cows and, uh, yep. you know, I mean, and, uh, and whey is dangerous. I mean, it's, it's, it's not healthy. So, you know, um, it would be, it would be great if, uh, you know, we could get, get it going to, uh, replace whey. And, uh, so, so. How are, how's uh, uh, how's a clean machine then uh, working with this? Are you did you take orders from uh, retailers at the Natural Products Expo, or again, how it, it's going to be available directly, or from stores, or both, or what? Again, were you saying? Yeah, so it, it'll be available uh, all across the country um, shortly after we launch. Some of the retailers are, you know, have their process to go in and putting it in their systems and setting it up. Some of the bigger retailers, but it will be available on CleanMachineOnline.com, uh, VeganProteins.com. If you want to support another great um, uh, vegan retailer or e-tailer online, um, they're actually going to be taking pre-orders in May. Um, so you can be one of the very first people to try it uh, by going to veganproteins.com and ordering. Or you can, uh, once it launches um, in late May, early June, you can order it right on our website. It'll be available on Amazon and, and most of the other major retailers shortly after. So, uh, so, so when does it first become available then, you say? So probably uh, towards the end of May, maybe early June. Okay. You're hearing about it first here at Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. We're talking to Jeff Palmer of uh, Clean Machine. And um, so, I mean, you're, you're in this for animals too, Jeff, right? I mean, this is, uh, that's what's important to you. So, um, you know, you're able yes, to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been vegan for 32 years and, and um, you know, I had a, a breakthrough someone helped me through a lot of pain in my own personal life. And I felt so overwhelmed with uh, gratitude, with thankfulness to have pain released from my own life um, that I just sat up all night uh, meditating on how I could give back, how I could return this favor that I got, this blessing that I got to, to be, to feel this pain released from my body. And I, it just came to me and it, said, stop hurting the animals, stop eating them. And so I did. That very day, I became vegan, and that was 32 years ago. And I've dedicated my entire life 
to try to find ways to educate people that they don't need animal products. Nutrition has been a big passion for me, and I wanted to find replacements. And these were the two big goals that I, I really set my sights on, is to try to give people a plant option, uh, an alternative to what is out there causing so much cruelty and death and destruction to the animals, to our environment, to our own bodies, um, and, and really try to change this thing around. But people needed new options. They needed, one, the education to know that there's better plants out there that are better than their animal counterparts. And two, they needed these options. And that has been my goal, my reason for starting Clean Machine, was to give people better, healthier, natural vegan options to help them get fit and be healthy and live good lives without causing any suffering to animals. We can do this compassionately. And um, I'm going to continue to search. I have one more big goal, and I'm, I can't say it right now, but I'm working with a new company to put the final excuse for why you can't be vegan nutritionally to bed. And I think we've got it, and I'll be very excited to come back on your show and share that one because it will be the final excuse people use not to go vegan, and I've found that. I mean, I've been blessed to work with some amazing companies like NCI with Eichenflower to bring that to market first, and now with Lentine and Parabell, the honor to bring that forth. But look, it's not me. This is my passion. This is the animal speaking through me go find this stuff and these plants are the heroes right you know, right right these, yeah these plants are the stars of the show i'm just i'm just the messenger and i feel blessed to be able to bring them uh to folks and give them an option well as uh, as vegans you know that's uh you know, it's the fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, seeds, and beans. Everything comes from that. So that was what was so amazing about going around the Natural Products Expo. And a lot of people are proudly uh, putting the big vegan word on their literature and banners. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing what can be made from what grows from the earth, you know. Or I guess maybe what grows... Uh, on water now too, as you're saying, the <laughs> yes, <laughs> the water lentil grows on water. That's uh, pretty amazing, also. And what uh, what are the expected health benefits of uh, of the lentine? What would you say? What, what? Yeah, so so it actually promotes uh, skin health, eye health, uh, because it's one of the highest sources uh, known of lutein. Uh, lutein is a uh, uh, incredible uh, uh, carotenoid that helps with eyesight. Uh, it boosts immune health. It's great for heart health, and, and of course, uh, promoting uh, muscle health and and uh, muscular uh, health and and uh, improvements in strength for people of any age, and improving metabolic health. So, um, you know, if you're trying to get in better shape, if you're trying to look replace a meal um, with something that is much better for you, that has much more nutrition, that is, um, you know, this is a whole plant. It's a complete protein. It's a whole plant protein. Uh, just incredible. Um, it is self-affirmed grass, which is generally regarded as safe. That's the highest safety rating given by the FDA. Um, it, it just, there's so many benefits to this. I could, <laughs> I could do a whole new show. It's super high in antioxidants. It has as much polyphenols as green tea. 
I mean, it's like taking 20 different supplements off your shelf and, and combining it into one plant. That's how incredible this plant is. Ah, well, it's uh, it's amazing what we can get <laughs> from the plant world, right? It's, uh, Indeed. Plants heal. There's no two ways around it. And this, this little super plant, you know what's remarkable about this plant? It has a flower, right? Well, most flowers, uh, almost all flowers on any plant are used for their sexual reproduction. This plant does not. It's one of the few exceptions in the world, and uh, it has a flower, but it does not use it for reproduction. It actually spores. It releases it. Uh, it's it's uh, basically its offspring directly into the water and keeps replenishing itself. Um, wow. I mean, as if there wasn't any more surprises to go with this, this plant. Right. This thing could be from the outer space, you know. <laughs> right, and like, uh, how come we didn't notice this, uh, you know, before? <laughs> it's like, hey, this must must have been around a while, and it's like, hey, let's eat it. Maybe, maybe we should uh, treat, treat our weeds uh, with a little more respect. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and that's, that's just, you know, the tip of the iceberg, how many other plants out there, are, you know, could be could be just as equally as impressive or healing or how many different, you know, could be made into uh, herbal medicines that could heal and, and, and uh, you know, offer relief from people. Um, it, they're out there. They're just waiting to be discovered. And we need to start looking at our plant kingdom and, and finding these solutions for our health. And, yeah, uh, and we, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be uh, destroying you know the forests you know where where plants are which you know is, is done to uh, either produce uh, usually GMO feed for animals or uh, for for grazing for animals for for meat and so you know we 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 destroy a lot of plants that uh, could have uh, great value apparently there are plants undiscovered because we just found out about this one at the natural products expo a couple of weeks ago so uh quite amazing what, what yeah and a pretty good, cool little story is that parabell the company that uh, is growing this plant um is going out to farmers who in florida got uh, uh fruit farmers orange farmers citrus farmers who got their crops wiped out by canker well, they can't grow these uh, trees anymore. So there's these huge fields of these trees dying. And they're going to these farmers. The plant where this one is grown in our product was actually is actually on a orange grove. They approached the farmers and said, hey, look, we can turn your fields back into something produces. And they allow them to become partners in this process, to buy into the process. And they're rehiring the people that were laid off. The actual people that worked on those citrus groves are being rehired and put back to work. And those farmers are given repurposed for their land where they can actually grow a crop that is helping heal and nourish people. Just what a beautiful story. That's the partnership. That's the forward thinking that we can do with our crops. And this grows above ground. So it actually, the ponds are built above the ground. So it, it's not, it doesn't get contaminated. It's just got fresh sunlight, fresh air, and the fresh water and nutrients that are put in it. No animals harmed in the production of it because there are no animals in the water. These are man-made ponds. Just incredible all the way across the world of how you can cooperate with nature, how you can cooperate 
um, with the local farmers and support jobs all at the same time in a way that is sustainable, ecological, and most nutritious plant on the planet. Just a beautiful thing. All right. Well, I can see that, you know, in, in the years ahead, we'll be seeing... Uh, you know, wa water lentil soda, water lentil pancakes, <laughs> water, you know, if, if I were smart, I'd get in the kitchen now and start producing, you know, some, some water lentil uh, sandwich spread, you know, it's, <laughs> it's coming because we, we always see something at the Natural Products Expo and it's like, what's that? I've never heard of that in a few years. It's everywhere. So it sounds like it, uh, it may be uh, this way with the water lentils or duckweed and, uh, <laughs> congratulations yeah. on uh, you know your association with it coming coming uh, coming across it and uh, helping to to bring it to the world so anything exciting happened for you at the natural products expo uh, uh, reaction response yeah everybody loved the flavor so we worked uh worked really hard at putting together uh you know sometimes the green drinks don't always taste the best but everybody really loved uh, the flavor of ours so now Some, something, something this he healthy no matter what you know no matter what the taste <laughs> if something's this healthy who cares i'm i'm drinking it you know so. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it didn't have to taste so bad and you know it's funny we had three stages. People would lift up the sample cup and see the green, and you'd see their eyes light up like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to choke this down. <laughs> and then they'd get it up to their nose, and they'd smell the nice vanilla flavor to it. And I'm like, mm, that's not bad. Maybe I could be able to tolerate this. And then they take a sip, and you see their face light up and go, hey, this doesn't taste bad. <laughs> you know, like, he might be. He likes it. <laughs> yeah. Well, people are drinking vinegar. You know, that's the next trend. So what are you – don't worry. Don't worry. We're liking vinegar. We're going to like uh, the water lentil. So the, what is it, vanilla, you said? Is that what uh, the flavor is? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting little slight take on vanilla, but you'll have to try it to understand it. Uh, blends really nice with the greens, and uh, we have a great uh, flavor system, and – and uh, a brand new um, patented form of stevia that is very mild. So uh, a lot of people didn't even guess it was stevia in there. Um, so it's it's much more like sugar. And I think you'll be really surprised when you taste it. It's it's very good. Well, I'm... but uh, we had great great uh, reviews from uh, Happy Cow, from um, Nutrition Business Journal, from Vitamin Retailer Magazine, Tribe Magazine was at our booth. Just lots of uh, lots of great uh, coverage and uh, plant-based news. Just ran with a story. Um, you know, we're getting it picked up everywhere. We had over 300 media outlets cover this story because it's such a breakthrough for um, nutrition and the plant-based community. Very cool. Excellent. Okay. And by plant-based, plant-based, I assume we're we're meaning vegan here, since I'm uh, I, I have to. Uh, some, sometimes uh, discuss the definition with people since uh, since we're told that, you know, people close to the plant-based diet are saying that uh, it can include animal products and it can include meat, dairy, fish, and eggs, of course, uh, attempting to minimize them, you know, uh, when people talk about the plant-based diet. Um, and so often, I, and, and I see that on the PCRM website, it just talked about... Um, uh, nurses doing the uh, their 21 day they said uh, vegan plant-based diet so 
I, I like to see that word vegan there because now I'm, I'm not so sure when I hear the people closest to plant-based diets saying that it can include um, animal products. Uh, I, 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 I need it qualified a little more. You know, if I, if I were to look at a, a food label and it says plant-based, I, I wouldn't necessarily know at this point. But when I see vegan, I'm, I'm reassured for some reason. So call, call me old fashioned, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're definitely third party certified vegan. And, uh, one of the, one of the first and only, uh, com uh, vegan sports nutrition companies that are actually certified vegan by PETA and certified cruelty free. Mm -hmm. Well, we know it's vegan. And so, uh, great. How, how do people, uh, follow you or your website, contact information, how they can learn more about your two amazing products. So are you telling me that you're coming back next year uh, again with a home run uh, at the Natural Products Expo? You did hint at something that you, you can't say right now, but uh, uh, is it going to be? Uh... Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am trying to cover every single excuse for people. Look, I'm 54 years old. I'll be competing again this year. I am a champion natural bodybuilder and a champion natural physique athlete, even in my 50s. And that's what plants can do for you. Uh, at 54, I'm in the best shape of my entire life, and I'm getting to uh, compete, and I'm hoping to win a pro card for the animals to show people what can be done at any age on a vegan diet and how well plants do the body good. Uh, yeah, I'm vegan now for 33 years. I'm not going to say my age, although I probably have in the past, but I'll just say uh, being alive, a lot, for a lot of people, being alive at this age would be amazing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I, I feel like a teenager, and uh, I'm a little older than you are, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, it's being good to me, and, and if I of course, wouldn't wouldn't be able to live with myself, uh, you know, to participate in any of the the violence and killing that goes on with the mm. consumption of meat, dairy, fish, eggs, honey. We're wearing, you know, leather, feathers, wool, silk, fur. So um, it feels good, and uh, it seems to be pretty healthy to do it this way. And uh, you know, when when you have a product like yours that you know, like it, it leaves way in the dust, you know, so uh, and uh, your your other product that uh, left uh, fish oil in the dust. Um, so you're you're or doing good ocean, things. Yeah. Belong, right? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, leaving. Right. Yeah. Leave the fish oil uh, in the fish, you know, and, and uh, the yeah. only reason that the fish have the nutrients is that they're they're eating green, right? Or they're eating algae. So uh, yep. eliminate the middle fish, go to the uh, ahi flower, which you which you say is better than flax anyway, right? Yeah, clinically proven. That's a published human study showing it uh, 400% more effective at converting to EPA than flax. Um, you know, that's the number one seller, number one most used uh, plant-based omega-3 in the world. And for something to be four times as more effective is a pretty big breakthrough. Yeah, yeah, yes. Three, three times would have been something to write about, you know, so. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, 
did did you mention your website or anything? Any of the oh, yeah. social we're media? At, we're at cleanmachineonline.com, and uh, you can check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, um, and Pinterest. Um, so you can check us out on those sites. Uh, we regularly post on Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can also uh, check out my posts. I post pretty often on my personal page at uh, Jeff Palmer. That's G-E-O-F-F, uh, Palmer, P-A-L-M-E-R. And uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, uh, happy to keep posting about all these new breakthroughs in the plant kingdom that is uh, really revolutionizing our nutritional industry. Well, terrific. Okay. Again, uh, congratulations, Jeff, with uh, your two amazing products. And we uh, will look forward to talking with you again in the future. Thank you, Bob. Pleasure. And, and give my love to Daisy. Will do. I'll, gi I'll give everyone's love to Daisy. Sure. <laughs> the, star, the, 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 the star of the, well, there you had competition for star of the show this year at the Natural Products Expo. You, you <laughs> it, it was, uh, what was it the water lentil or Daisy? Oh, it's a tie for star of the show. Look at that. Yeah, good answer, good answer. <laughs> okay, Jeff, I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you. Okay, take care. Okay, it's uh, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at goveganradio.com. We will continue momentarily. We will have uh, Professor Gary Francione joining us. Um, and again, you can support our program with a tax-deductible donation. Just find that donate button, and there are hundreds of archives to keep you busy there, too, at goveganradio.com. is Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com on Twitter at Go Vegan Radio uh, Facebook Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden we have the uh, the fan page we're adding on a group page so we'll ask you to be joining us with that we'll be sending out the invites and hoping to see you joining us there let's see I just what I do I drop my phone Drop my phone and uh, all the wires entangle. Suit Hanshu's law, my friend Suit Hanshu. Now what? Ah. My friend who Suit Hanshu from MIT who said all wires tangle. They all they find themselves, and I I live amidst tangled wires. Um. 
you know, we're, uh, we take climate change uh, very seriously here, more seriously than, than anyone. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of politicians give lip service to climate change. A lot of environmental groups give lip service to climate change without ever recognizing that animal agriculture is the number one cause of climate change, responsible for at least 51% of all greenhouse gas emissions, and that going vegan is the only solution uh, before it's too late. 50 to 85% of the global population that currently consumes so-called livestock products has to go vegan by 2020. So that is the reality of climate change. And so to me, it's irrelevant whether someone believes in climate change uh, if he or she does not believe in the solution. If he or she is not vegan, well, we're not going for the solution before it's too late. Don't talk to me about an alternative energy infrastructure um, because that's unaffordable. And, uh, you know, it, unaffordable in that it would take $35 trillion. Good luck getting that, getting that from this Congress and uh, this president. Uh, but you won't get it from any Congress or any president. $35 trillion and 20 years. We don't have 20 years. We all have to go vegan. So really, that has to be the campaign. We have to help everybody go vegan, including the CIA, um, including... Uh, and MSNBC, CNN, although they'll they'll report the opposite of the truth. I take that back. Um, the year 2016, as reported in Live Science, in an article in Live Science, the year 2016 uh, broke all records. Um, last year had the highest global temperature in modern history, and extremely high levels of carbon dioxide and sea level rise, as well as exceptionally low levels of Arctic sea ice. And this is according to the United Nations World Meteorological Organization, or WMO. And uh, these alarming statistics, these alarming weather events and uh, trends are continuing into 2017, the WMO report said in a report released on uh, Tuesday, uh, March 21st. So um, so I would say that uh, we are in trouble if we don't go vegan. That's the number one priority. Uh, and uh, we need vegans to be talking about helping everyone go vegan uh, as quickly as possible. So... Let me just see if there was anything else from that report that I wanted to uh, mention. Let's see. It said the report confirms that the year 2016 was the warmest on record, a remarkable 1.1 degrees Celsius uh, or uh, 1.98 degrees Fahrenheit, almost 2 degrees Fahrenheit, above the pre-industrial period, which is uh, 0.06 Celsius. Um so uh, I don't know. So th there we have it. Uh, the previous uh, highest year, 2015. The year before, 2015, the warmest year, the warmest uh, global uh, temperature. Um, 
2015 replaced by 2016 as the warmest and here we are in 2017 and the trend continues and the only way we can address climate change is if we all go vegan and help everybody else go vegan as quickly as possible we don't need a carbon tax that will do nothing except enrich wall street so it's not the carbon tax it's not more miles per gallon and uh, it's certainly not uh, the uh, the uh, alternative energy infrastructure. We all need to go vegan um, as quickly as possible. Please uh, do your part. Uh, your part is not really to go in a march and hold hands and sing songs with uh, meat-eating Bill McKibben. That's not the solution. The solution is you have to go vegan. It's a collective solution. You know, it's, uh, it's one where... Uh, Millions of us participate. Uh, we can all go eat a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, water lentils and be ha healthy and happy and have a planet. Okay. All right. So um, we will continue. Uh, I do want to thank Vegetarian House Vegan Restaurant in San Jose for its ongoing support year after year after year. I don't know if Vegetarian House knew what it was getting itself into with this program, uh, which we thought would last maybe two or three weeks when we started 16 years ago. But here we are 16 years later for the vegan cause and uh, Vegetarian House is here for us and here for you. If you're in the Bay Area, if you're in the San Jose area, it is one of the best vegan restaurants in the world. Vegetarianhouse.us is the website. Check out the menu. I mean, just this broad range of uh, just uh, international delicacies. It's just amazing. And I think also the best vegan burger that I've had, the Jolly Burger, is delicious. The best alternative to uh, eating uh, food, you know, creatures from the sea, that ocean basket is quite amazing. Uh, but all the food is there. So uh, it's vegetarianhouse.us. And Vegetarian House caters. So if you have an event coming up, you have uh, a work-related event, you want to uh, impress fellow employees, impress the boss, uh, you work for the CIA, uh, and, uh, you know, you, you, you want to impress, uh, impress the boss um, as the CIA goes vegan, uh, thanks to uh, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden because we're all going to be talking up the talking points uh, in front of our Samsung TV when it's off and the power plug is out or, you know, in front of your toaster oven or um, Xbox or, you know, when, when you're next to your car in your garage. Uh, just always be muttering the, 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 the benefits of, of going vegan and eventually the CIA will hear us. Um, it will recognize vegan intelligence Vegan intelligence, the supreme intelligence. Um, you know, you think you're an intelligence agency and you're not vegan? Ha! Ah! So I shouldn't be laughing at uh, the, the CIA. Um, or it'll pull the plug on this show. You won't be hearing this. Uh, right? So anyway, uh, it's, <laughs> it's Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. Support us with a tax-deductible donation at GoVeganRadio.com. And coming up on the program, let me see. Can I move the cursor? Where's the cursor? I want to hear music, cursor. Um, coming up on the program, we'll hear from Professor Gary Francian on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com, Twitter at GoVeganRadio, and Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden.
We continue on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com, on Twitter at Go Vegan Radio, and Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. We are now joined by Professor Gary Francione for his weekly commentary, um, except on weeks when uh, he's not here or he's traveling or he's in the UK or he's just too busy for us, um, but he's with us uh, this week. And uh, Professor Francione, as you know, is the first academic to um, teach animal rights theory in an American law school at Rutgers University. And it looks like, uh, is, uh, is the latest book out, um, Animal Ethics, Your Questions Answered? Is that, is that happening? No, 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 no. That's, that's, a, that's a, um, on April 8th, I think, is the date. Anna and I are doing a, um, uh, uh, a webinar. It's our third free webinar where we, we, and in this one, what we're going to do is answer questions uh, on, on uh, you know, questions that people ask about uh, abolitionist theory and, you know, the, the, the position that we promote. And so that's not a book. We are actually It looked like at- a book on, you know, I, I just, you know, I looked on uh, the abolitionist approach uh, on Facebook and it looked like, Oh, this looks like a book. Oh, it's uh, Animal Ethics, Your Questions Answered by Gary Francione and Anna Charlton. I didn't know that, So, but uh, it's a webinar. <laughs> yes, exactly. We are working on a new book. We haven't given it a title yet. It is tentatively titled The Abolitionist Vegan Handbook, but um, The Abolitionist Vegan Activist Handbook. Uh, but I'm sh- I don't know that we'll call it that. Um, basically, it's a book that talks about how how to advocate, various ways to advocate, and some and 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 things to do and to avoid doing when you advocate. So we are working on that. Um, and um, uh, but that webinar is on uh, on April eighth. And if you go to the um, Facebook page, the abolitionist Appro- animal rights, the abolitionist approach, 
um, you can register. It's free. And we've, you know, w w for the past two webinars, we've had, I don't know, five, 600 people. Um, and, uh, but, you know, if you, you know, you ask, we can't answer every question, but we try to answer as many as we can. And um, it's fascinating, the interest that, it's, and it's really, it's really um, uh, both reassuring and exciting that, um, that people are really interested in this, um, in this way of thinking about things because it does represent a real departure from the welfareist paradigm which presently dominates. And that's actually what I wanted to talk about tonight was that we spent the last week in England and um, I um, gave several presentations at the University of East Anglia in Norwich, where um, I am uh, on the faculty as well as being on the faculty at Rutgers University. And, um, and so I gave several presentations last week. And, um, and we, um, we spent some time going different parts of, uh, of Norfolk and Suffolk. And it was very... Um, uh, disconcerting and, and sad to see the extent to which the welfareist paradigm is just, um, I mean, they're putting a lot of money into it, so I guess I'm, I shouldn't be surprised that it is so dominant. But, um, you know, you, you can now get, um, you know, McDonald's uh, sausage sandwiches or whatever they are in, in Britain that have a whole, uh, an RSPCA, uh, uh, you know, standard of humane welfare stamp right now. I mean, there's a label. The, 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 the label has the, the label attached to the McDonald's pork sandwich has an RSPCA imprimatur on it. And, um, and you know, we saw so many trucks driving around that advertise, you know, free-range eggs and, and you know, uh, it, the whole happy exploitation uh, phenomenon has really reached what is, uh, what seems to me to be, um, uh, well, it's become ubiquitous. And, and what's really sad about that is what, what the animal movement has done is is partner up either explicitly or just behaviorally? I mean, you know, whether they've done it, you know, in the way that the RSPCA has by actually partnering up with McDonald's, or whether or not they've done it implicitly, uh, organizations, you know, animal animal organizations that promote happy exploitation, even though they may not be involved involved directly with in, with industry, but they've, they, they've, they've actually partnered, as I say, explicitly or implicitly with industry, and they've really provided an excellent excuse to people not to go vegan. I mean, it's, 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 it's bizarre. It's, it's a uh, cover. It's, they, they've provided cover for them, you know? Right, I right, mean, right, they have, they have, and it, that's exactly right, Bob. They've 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 provided cover for people to continue to exploit animals, and the fact that this stuff has become so popular, the the happy exploitation um, uh, phenomenon uh, is in fact a major phenomenon, indicates people really do care. And instead of 
instead of taking that care and focusing on that care and saying to people, okay, fine, you've got to, you know, if you really care, you're, you're going to have to, to, to um, go vegan. It's, hey, if you really care, then continue to exploit animals, but do so by purchasing these products or, uh, you know, consuming in this way or, you know, exploit in this way. It's so sad. It's just so very sad that, that, this is something that the animal movement has 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 created, um, and and it's done it in the face of massive concern um, about about animals, um, and, you know, and widespread concern about animals, and you know the number of people that we met while you know while um, there we were only there a week, but you know we met a lot of people and talked to a lot of people and. Um, it just seemed that almost everybody was participating in this one way or another. You know, they were telling us, oh, they were buying, you know, free-range eggs, and oh, you know, the, 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 the pork produced by this company or that company is just so much better, and the animals are treated so much better, and, and you know, and the, the, the issue of, you know, well, these dairy cows are not, you know, they're, 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 they're treated better than those. Dairy. And, and it's this whole idea of... Um, People being concerned about animals, but um, uh, channeling that concern. But, but in- being misled by the heartstrings. You know, that's, right. that's what's so criminal about it. It's that they're misled by the heartstrings. Exactly. And, and, um, and what, is, what is, it's very sad. It, 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 you know, they look to the animal groups to tell them, what the right thing to do is now, you know, because we live in an age where, you know, people can't, you know, people, people defer to the supposed experts. Um, no, I understand why people the do experts that. who appoint themselves. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I understand why people do that when there are issues involved that require a certain, you know, re- require expertise. You know, I mean, I, I do understand why people defer to experts when expertise is required. But when it comes to fundamental, you know, you don't need an expert to tell you murder is wrong. You know, you don't need an expert to tell you that animal exploitation is wrong. But, uh, you know, a lot of people will, you know, uh, in, 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 at the time that we are, we, we live, um, a, a deference to expertise is, is pretty common. And so people look to these animal groups and say, okay, fine, what should we do? And what they get is an answer that is basically, you don't have to do anything except donate to us and make some minor behavioral changes that don't amount to a hill of beans as far as the animals are concerned anyway, you know, in terms of buying, you know, stuff that is supposedly slightly more, more uh, uh, humane. And, and, you know, and Britain probably has, I mean, I don't know, it's, you know, some of the Scandinavian countries have supposedly better welfare standards, but Britain certainly has amongst the highest welfare standards in the world but the differences between the british welfare standards and everybody else's welfare standards is is pretty small and um you know they uh, and and we drove around we were seeing you know in in um in that part of the world in that part of england uh, there's a, there are a lot of pig farms and they go on forever i mean you can some of these places we saw um just went on for as far as the eye could see field after field after field of these these huts you know, um, you know these these uh, w- these little metal huts where the pigs live, and some of the farms had bigger bigger um, buildings. And of course, there are there are there are buildings that there are farms that uh, have the animals completely, 
you know, confined. Um, but it's horrible. It's just horrible. And, um, you know, it, it, and it's, it's so sad to see how, as, as you say, people have been led by the heartstrings um, into believing that, that continued exploitation is morally acceptable. And they've been led there by the animal movement. It, it's bizarre. It's just bizarre. But, you know, it is, it, it, but, but, you know, I also, I also think that there are a lot of people who are recognizing that this is um, this is nonsense. We met a lot of people who um, were of the view that um, uh, who agreed with the perspective in the, the, that we were promoting, and um, and who were familiar with the abolitionist approach. That's always wonderful, you know. It's like the internet has made this possible. You know, people we've never met before are into the work because they found it on the internet, and you know they've they've gotten deeper into the work. And and there are a lot of folks out there who who. Um, you know, who are, who are in that category. And, you know, and on the positive side, we went to an excellent vegan restaurant in um, in Cambridge, England, right near Cambridge University. It's called Stem and Glory, and it's fairly, it, 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 it's opened up fairly recently from what, what the manager told us. And we were there on, um, I guess it was Friday night? I guess it was Friday night. Um, we were there on Friday night, and the place was as packed as, you know the best non-vegan restaurants in New York City. On, I mean, it was it was jam. It was it was. I mean, people were waiting to get in. There was like a line. Vegan of restaurants are packed. The ones I got, you know, wherever I go, they seem to be packed. So yeah, you know, this was uh, not a cheap. The thing is, this was not a cheap restaurant. I mean, this was not. Um, you know, this was not a place that you know that was drawing people simply because it had good food that was really cheap. It had really good food, but it wasn't really cheap. I mean, it wasn't horribly expensive either, but it, you know, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a, it was a, um, uh, you know, more of a sort of a nouvelle cuisine sort of restaurant. Um, and I would add analogize it to, to veg in Philadelphia, for example, it's somewhat similar to that, uh, or, or to, um, uh, 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 um, some of the places in New York. And, um, and I think that that um, like candles uh, or, or what yeah, in New yeah, York? Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was like the it was like the the candle cafe has there are two of them in New York. Uh, the, the 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 candle that is sort of more formal. It's it's very similar to the candle cafe that the the, the one that um, is a more formal restaurant as opposed to the the less formal one. Um, it, I, know, I met the owners uh, at the Natural Products Expo. I, I need to give them a call. So they're yeah, yeah. Uh, and but but this was great. And and you know and 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 I I was just and and there were a lot of young people in there. I mean, there were a lot of young people in there, and um, and people seemed really enthusiastic about the food. You know. So we what had, was on the menu? Do you remember anything that was particularly great? No, I mean, I, I mean, it, um, no. I can tell you that. Um, I had something that was sort of like a pesto with, you know, like a, it was a, uh, it, it had quinoa and pesto and, um, and, and Anna had, uh, uh, a detox bowl it was called and it had seitan and, and, and they had, they make their own, uh, fermented vegetables there. And I have to say, we were eating sort of, we were, we were, we had the two plates on the table. We were eating from each other's plates and, and I tried some of the, the fermented pickles that these folks had made. And it was, they were just awesome. They were unbelievably good. And, um, and so, you know, in that sense, you know, and I, and I was talking with the manager and a wonderful, really, really nice person. And she, she was talking about how, you know, they're, they're, they weren't really ready for the reaction 
um, you know, it was it started. It's a restaurant attached to a yoga studio, so I, I don't I don't know what sort of expectations they had when they opened it up. They opened up, you know, a restaurant next to a you know next to their yoga studio, and I'm telling you right now, if Friday night is any indication, uh, they're going to have to expand like right quick because. Um, you know, and, and I, 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 I think it's, you know, uh, uh, the, the flow they're getting is pretty steady. Um, and, um, you know, it, it, the restaurant was not very large. Um, the, yoga, the yoga studio, uh, which I was able to see because the class was getting out, was, um, was much bigger than the actual restaurant space. But eventually my guess is they're going to switch off and use the, <laughs> the yoga <laughs> The restaurant, but but you know, so it was it was it was great in that sense, and you know, um, we also had a lot of talks with folks about the, you know the, the 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 vegetarian paradigm is still very very much alive, and um, and and you know we 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 visited some vegetarian restaurants that were not vegan, and had an opportunity to talk with owners and whatnot managers about you know why. Um, the next step needed to be taken, and why vegetarianism was just an incoherent moral position. I think people are not used. To, I mean, when, when, whenever I say vegetarianism is not a morally coherent position, people really sort of perk up and want to listen, and they're either really engaged or they get really, really angry. And um, and and you say, what do you mean, vegetarian is not a is not a, a moral? You know, surely that's a better step. And the answer is, well, actually. You know, if you're looking at the numbers, just just the numbers, going. You know, if you're eating a lot of beef and you stop eating that beef and you 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 know you you go quote vegetarian end quote and you ramp up on eggs, you're actually responsible for more animal deaths because you know the the highest number of animal deaths next next to eating chicken and fish uh, per thousand calories of food is is in eggs, and so you know. Um, uh, but but we had you know we we, we had I, I do I think things are, the thing that's really interesting is um, I think things are changing and I think people are open to this to these to these to, to these arguments w- ultimately whether or not you know they're gonna they're going to um, you know go vegan I, I I think I think they will and you know we met so many people while we were there who said you know. I've gone vegan. Who came to you know to came to to to, to meet us to say hi? Um, uh, we did. A, I did a, a presentation last Tuesday night um, at the University of East Anglia, and um, it was a public presentation. And there were a lot of people there, and a number of people came up to us and said, you know, um, you know, that they had gone vegan as a result of of encountering the abolitionist approach, either on the website abolitionistapproach.com or the Facebook site or whatever. We met people who had read our book, um, uh, Eat Like You Care, an examination of the morality of eating animals, and had really been turned on by it and had gone vegan, who had been vegetarian and gone vegan. So, you know, there, people are, are interested in, in, in it. Um, uh, and by the way, you know, while we were there, um, we're, we're, we're planning on um, writing something about um, the abolition of slavery and connecting it with the abolition of animal exploitation. So we went to a place called Wisbeach, which is a an incredible Georgian town. Um, I think actually it's in Cambridgeshire, not Norfolk. Um, I think pretty sure it's in Cambridgeshire. And um, and we went to um, the Wisbeach Museum, um, which is a ter- absolutely tremendous museum. And um, I mean it's very small, but it's 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 got a lot of interesting stuff. And they've got a whole collection of of things 
relating to a man named Thomas Clarkson, who was an abolitionist, and uh, an abolitionist with respect to human slavery. And he actually used to write. Um, Wilberforce uh, was in was in Parliament, and you know he used to deliver these speeches, and which had many of which had been written by Thomas Clarkson, and um, and Clarkson was a real he was a real um, uh, you know he was a real abolitionist and. And um, and so we're we're going to be writing something on that because people always say, well, you know, um, th- there were people who who were, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, the, the opposition to slavery. Most people thought human slavery, uh, race-based slavery, uh, at that time would end, and it was just a question of whether or not they demanded immediate abolition or gradual uh, abolition. Uh, but everybody was, most people were were were. Moving towards some form of abolition, and and um, that's really different from the modern movement, the modern animal movement, where the welfareists may say and and often do say that they're ultimately abolitionists. They want to see it all end, but they're promoting happy exploitation, which the you know which is is very different from. Even though there were people who advocated regulating slavery to make it more humane, they were very explicit about thinking that slavery would eventually be abolished, and they were very, you know. And whereas the animal people don't do that, the animal people will, will the animal people who promote welfare reform don't say that ultimately they want abolition. They, they might say that to each other, they might say that at conferences, or they might say that in situations where it's efficacious for fundraising purposes. But they don't say it. It's not. It's not a, an explicit part of the program. I mean, you know, you don't see, you know, you don't see HSUS. Although some of the HSUS people will say they're really abolitionists, um, you know, you don't see them taking that position publicly when they're doing, you know, when they're when they're having a hoofing it event and promoting, you know, the eating of meat in some, you know, in some place, or they're or, or they're working with farmers. Etc. They're not talking about about you know they're not saying this is a, you know this is where we're going. That they may say that. Well, when, when I mean right now they're celebrating that in ten years McDonald's is going to have cage free eggs. So I mean, well, what's yeah, their yeah, timeline? No, no, right. I, I, I mean, mean, I agree. I mean, I mean, but you can't. I mean, the thing is, is you can't compare. You can't compare even the the regulationists with respect to human slavery. You can't compare them with. The welfareists now. It's a very different. It's a very different phenomenon. But anyway, so we were there. You know, that was one of the things we were doing. And uh, you know, this Whiz Beach, the Beach Museum is really quite interesting because you can go and they actually have some letters. They're not on display. You have to actually you have to ask to see them. But they'll let you they'll let you sit there and read the letters that Clarkson was writing to people. It's, fast, it's fascinating history. It's absolutely fascinating history. And um, so, you know, we were doing that sort of stuff. And, and, you know, as I say, it really encouraged to meet lots of people who were, who were, who were excited about the abolitionist approach and excited about, um, you know, the whole idea of veganism as a moral imperative. But, you know, it's also very clear that the welfare is paradigm and the whole happy, you know, the, the, it, the happy exploitation thing has really taken root. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a great business model, and it's made a lot of money for industry and for the animal groups. You know, I mean, but, if you can believe animal welfare and McDonald's, you know, I mean, right there, just that thought itself, like, uh, hmm. you know, you know, Bob, many, many years ago, many years ago, I was, um, there used to be a yearly event, maybe it went on a couple times a year, I don't remember, but there was something called the summit, 
when leaders of the animal groups used to get together and they used to talk about things. And I was, I, I never um, was involved formally with any organization. I certainly never headed one, so I was never invited to these things. But one year, I was invited to come and talk about the relationship between animal rights and feminism. And this was probably 19, this is a long time ago, 91. I don't know, it was a long time ago. And, um, and I got, it was in Boston, because they used to rotate the location of these meetings. And, um, and, and, uh, and so I was invited to come and speak in, in, in Boston. And I got there early, and, and um, I remember walking in to it. Uh, there was a discussion going on. They had some fundraising people there. And there was a discussion going on about whether you got more money per envelope um, by advertising um, some horrible thing that somebody was doing to animals or advertising a victory. Well, you know, whether, whether or not people responded more generously if they were reading about a victory or whether they were reading about some horrible thing, some, some, some horrible, quote, abuse, end quote, since it's all an abuse. And, um, and I listened for a few minutes, and I, I thought, wow, this is, <laughs> this is really sort of crass. And, um, and then Henry Spira. Did you ever know Henry? Uh, I didn't um, know. Uh-uh. Henry Henry was one of the original American animal campaigners, and he had a you know he, he's passed on now, but he he, he came he had a, a labor background. He was a, I think he was a longshoreman, and um, interesting guy. And he had done some you know interesting work um, the beginning of his uh, of his career. Um, uh, he was protesting the you know experiments going on at the Museum of Natural History in New York City and stuff. And he was an interesting guy. And then Henry started getting, in, you know, then, then what Henry did was, he, he, in many ways, Henry was, and he was very close, he and Singer were, were very close. And Henry was, in many ways, the pioneer, the guy who, who really started this move towards working with industry. And, and his primary uh, uh, activity was in setting up a center for alternatives to uh, use of animals for cosmetics testing and stuff like that. He, had the, he, he was instrumental in setting up the Johns Hopkins alternative. Uh, I don't even know if that exists anymore, but he, he, he was very instrumental. He worked with the cosmetics companies and whatnot. And, um, and, and I remember Henry got up and gave a talk, and, he, and, and it was about, as I recall, it was about how, how McDonald's was you know, adopting some it was about McDonald's. I remember what, what, what and it was, and, and they were obviously adopting some, some quote humane end quote measure. And Henry was suggesting that everybody um, get their members to because these are only the leaders of the groups, so the the members aren't there. So he was saying, get your members to write to McDonald's and thank them. And I was listening, and I knew Henry quite well, and and. Um, I listened to him, and and um, and then when I got up to give my talk, I said, I, I just want to start off by I, uh, before I talk about feminism, I, I want to I just and, and women's rights and whatnot. I just want to make one statement, and that is, um, I listen to Henry talk. I like Henry a great deal, but I have to tell you, the day we are writing to McDonald's, I said whatever 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 movement we have, as far as I'm concerned, McDonald's ain't part of it. <laughs> and you know McDonald's on the other side of this and the idea that Henry is telling you all to have your members write to 
McDonald's and tell them what great folks they are because they're, you know, adopting some meaningless thing. Um, is 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 bizarre. Well, all of these and, groups were thrilled with McDonald's pledging cage-free eggs in ten years. They they put their logos out. You know, it was all uh, appreciation to McDonald's again with uh, recently. Yeah, no, no, and 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 Bob, this is going back. This event I'm telling you about is going back, probably 1990. I mean, it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And so this, you know, this didn't start. This is not recent. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not recent. And and but you know, in in many ways, Henry was Hen- Henry, um, and, and and you know, and, and Singer, Singer, and Henry were all you know were, were very very close. And Henry thought that and Singer thought that that Henry was you know sort of the 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 the, the, the Really, sort of pragmatic uh, uh, person, you know, the, the 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 real sort of strategist. Um, you know, he, he thought Henry was a you know a visionary. I mean, he 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 uh, he really respected Henry, and and um, and so it's no coincidence that um, Henry that 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 Singer promotes the you know the you know that that Singer was promoting the Whole Foods animal compassionate standards, and indeed, you know, indeed, I, I think in a, you know in 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 a a historically significant uh, uh, event uh, basically got all the large groups in the United States to sign on to a letter praising Whole Foods for its animal compassion standards, and and you know that that really is that's that's Hen- that's Henry Spirit. That's going, but that's going back to 1990s. This stuff didn't start last week, mm. and you know it's been going on for a while, and it's had a devastating effect. You know, I mean, I mean, Henry's no longer with us. But if there's an afterlife, Henry's looking down or looking up, depending on where Henry is. Um, you know, Henry is 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 enjoying the fact that he, you know, that he really he he, he won. I mean, he his his and and or, or and, looking down, saying, "What have I done? I, I I didn't mean that. Wait, I take it back." No, well, well, actually, no. Henry, Henry, I think would be very happy with what's happening. And what's really interesting is when Henry was um, promoting the work. You know, when he was when he was when he was working with the cosmetics industry, I remember the PETA people being really upset about this. And I remember, uh, as a matter of fact, in Rain Without Thunder, a book I wrote in 1996, um, I quote Ingrid Newkirk as, as criticizing Henry for being involved, you know, for, for what Henry was doing in terms of working with industry. And now PETA is, you know, is, is out Henry Henry in terms of, of working with industry in its, its various campaigns. So you know, it's like going that. To thank help. you to Bell and Evans Chicken. You right. know. Exactly. You know, and Ingrid, Ingrid's. You know, I don't know whether she's still there, but she was. You know, she was the last time I looked. There was a nice big quote from Ingrid Newkirk um, on the Bell and Evans website that couldn't be interpreted as in, in any other way as saying Bell and Evans Chicken. If you're concerned about animals, go eat that Bell and Evans Chicken. No way. You, there was no way you couldn't interpret what she said as providing as, as representing a normative promotion, a promotion of eating Bell and Evans chicken. And so, you know, Henry not only won in terms of the movement, but Henry actually even persuaded Ingrid Newkirk over to his side of things. So, you know, this is where we are. And But things are changing in that, you know, we, we talked to lots of people last week who, who see through this. Um, and, you know, we also talked to a lot of people who don't see through it. Um, but they are people who, by and large, aren't vegans. 
Um, there are people who who care about animals. It was very interesting. You know, I, I had just, I was having a discussion with people. You know, some people really took issue with my with my position that if you care about animals, you can't eat them. And you know, I say, yeah, but you know, I really, you know, I like seeing lambs, and you know, and 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 I, um, I, you know, if we didn't eat them, I wouldn't see them, and you know, and and you know, I understand. What there are saying. plenty of videos of lambs if you want to see them. Well, if, you know, well, go right, to YouTube. But, I mean, the whole, but the whole thing is, is that, is that, um, is is, is uh, it, it's really no no different from saying, you know, um, if we didn't have, um, you know, it, it it would be no different from somebody in the 19th century saying, you know, I really enjoy seeing racial diversity, and the only way I see them, the only, the only way I see people who aren't white is as slaves. Mm. And, you know, if we didn't have slavery, I wouldn't see them. Right. Uh, right. You know, How selfish. Different. How selfish, because you want to see something, right? I mean, exactly, it's like... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> So you know it, it is it is what it is, but I guess we're running out of time here. I didn't I didn't see I was sort of going on there a little bit, and I apologize to you and to your listeners for that. Nothing, but, nothing to apologize. There there is no time in uh, no time or space in Go Vegan Radio Land. It just oh, is. I see. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's sort of an idea out there, and it just sort of like continues <laughs> on. <laughs> right. It's it's been for sixteen years. I uh, you know something I thought would last two or three weeks. Uh, so two or three weeks, 16 years, nine minutes late. We're never on time starting the show. You know, there is no. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, but, All right. Um, but the, but the, the only sense of time is Daisy is giving me that look that she gives me every week at about this time where it's right, like. Well, <laughs> take your little Daisy out. And um, it was great to see the dogs. We came back and our. You know, it's, it's always wonderful to, to see the dogs, and it's also the case. It, the 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 thing is, is I know how, how you feel about Daisy, and I'm sure you know how we feel about our uh, non-human children. But the reality is, they really shouldn't exist. Daisy shouldn't exist. Our dogs shouldn't exist. In an ideal world, in a in a world that took morality seriously, they wouldn't exist. But there you have it. If you're interested, if you want to, you know, if you want to, you want to. Talk to us about these things. We're doing this webinar, Animal Ethics. Go to, go to the Abolitionist, uh, Animal Rights, the Abolitionist Approach uh, Facebook page, and, and um, you, can, um, you can see the, um, the, uh, you know, how, to, how to register for the free. Uh, it's being uh, hosted by Alan O'Reilly and uh, Francis McCormick, the, also known as the Grumpy Old Vegans. And uh, they're terrific, and I'm really looking forward to to doing this. So, anyway, well, Bob, next week. Yes, next, next week. week. Next, next week. week, we will talk again. Next week. Thank you, Bob, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Professor Francione. Again, uh, you can go to the Facebook page for the Abolitionist Approach and uh, the webinar coming up. Um, and I want to thank you for listening and joining us and uh it's uh, we're on Daisy's schedule, so it's Daisy's clock, which means we're out of here. Uh, I thank you for listening. I thank you for being vegan, and uh, if not, I please do go vegan. Thank you very much. Oh, hit the music, Bobby. Okay, I hope to play a lot of music on radio, Bobby. Here we go. All right, thanks for listening, and uh, again, you can support the pr the program with a donation at goveganradio.com <laughs> <laughs>